there, uh, listen, today we live in a world where um, the commercialization of something that would have, that really shocked and awed people decades ago is now commonplace. For example, we have companies, private companies, that are regularly now launching satellites into space. And uh, not all that long ago, and I think we're all of the age that we remember this, uh, this was the sole province of government to take something and put it on a rocket and then put it up into space was con considered to be such an enormous national effort that only a government could do it. And um, of course, just this past week, Israel too launched yet another satellite into the, into the, uh, into the sky, into the heavens. And uh, it reminded me of the, the first major satellite operation that took place in, uh, in the Western world, and that was in the 70s. In the mid-70s, it was a satellite called Voyager. Voyager, as some of you may remember, Voyager 1, its plan was, its mission was to go to both Saturn and to uh, Jupiter to send data and images back. They were black and white. And then it would continue. Uh, last year, we, we, uh, there were some faint signals. And also, two weeks ago, signals were received from Voyager. It is still transmitting. It left the galaxy about three years ago. And so it is the furthest reaching man-made item uh, in existence in the world. It's far beyond our galaxy. And when they designed Voyager, they had to, weight was a serious concern, but they had determined that there were certain things that they were going to put on Voyager in case it con came into contact with intelligent alien life. And so there began a debate that they shopped out to some of the major universities throughout the Western world. And the question was, what should they put on or in Voyager that if a foreign, alien, intelligent species would encounter it, that they would understand the best of us? Some of the things they put on, obviously, were some very, very simple and some advanced mathematic concepts, believing that math would be a language that all intelligent beings could equally understand. They placed upon it um, the recordings of children laughing and also some music too. And as I read a few weeks ago of some signals that are still being captured, sent to Earth by Voyager, now decades, decades later, long after its really determined mission was over, I asked myself, that if the Jews would send a satellite into the universe and its sole mission was to eventually communicate who the Jewish people were to some intelligent alien species, what could we put inside the satellite that would tell them most or best about us? And it seems to me as we're concluding this uh, beautiful, yes, long, but beautiful holiday of Pesach, it seems to me that Pesach is the kolbo, as we would say in Hebrew. It is the all thing or everything of what makes the Jews the Jews. And so I want to share the idea with you. First and foremost, with uh, Pesach, we have children. The story of the Jewish people is wound and woven into the story of bringing children into the world. 
And so first and foremost, front and center are children, not on the actual story, as I discussed last week, not only in the actual story, but in the reenactment of the telling of the story at our Seder. We ask them to read questions at the beginning, and at the end we have songs to make sure they stay awake at the end. Songs that are specifically geared to the kind of wild imagination, like Haggadah, that children have. At Pesach, we also have a story. And the Jewish people are the container of one of the most provocative and powerful stories in human history. It is why that despite our small, small numbers, we are given extraordinary attention in the world because our story is bigger than our numbers. Pesach is also about books. You couldn't sit down at the Seder without a book in your hand, the Haggadah. The word for the book, Haggadah, is the telling of the story. Lehagid, Haggadah, means to tell the story. The Jewish people not only are a story of bringing children into the world, not only the story of telling a story, but we are also a people of books. First and foremost, our dedication is to our books too. Pesach is also about food. Now, I understand that other people, other cultures eat food. That's the rumor. But uh, certainly eating food, well, it's a unique, a unique and special uh, Jewish proclivity. Uh, in the second book of Kings, in the story of Elijah, when Elijah is running for his life, there's a death sentence on his head. He encounters what I'm going to call a Jewish angel. He is tired and he is weary and he is worn down. And the angel approaches, approaches Elijah and says, here's some food, eat. And what does Elijah say? Okay, I'll eat. So food is important to us too. Pesach is also the story of family. It's also the story of open doors and community all at the same moment. It is inconceivable to us that if you should know someone who doesn't have a table, to join in at the Seder, that you wouldn't extend the invitation to them. And Pesach, it is an ancient custom that as the Seder begins, that we would send our children to the doors to open it up, and that the indigent and the lonely would be standing outside the homes of the Jews, waiting for the door to be opened because they know that on Passover, everyone is family. Pesach is also about redemption the Shana Ba'ab Yerushalayim, meaning that even though we celebrate the past, we do it because it reminds us of what the future might be, of something better for all of us, not just the Jewish people, but for humanity, of our hopes that there will come a time when heaven and earth will meet and things will be better. But Pesach is also and it's a little bit of a misquotation or a, or a shortened quotation. It is often repeated that the charge that Moses comes in in confronting Pharaoh is, Shlachetami, let my people go. But that is, that is not entirely what Moses said. The complete quote of what Moses said, which was told to him by God, is Shlach et Ami. The Ya'avduni, let my people go so that they can worship me. 
that they can serve me. Pesach, the story of Pesach, is not just about us leaving Egypt. We left Egypt so that we could come closer to God. My hope and prayer is, is that the great story of this holiday, most importantly, about leaving things and then drawing closer to God, was felt by all of you, not over this holiday, but you'll carry it with you for the rest of the year. Chag Sameach.